Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Mother Nature Warned Us. This episode will tell the story of a young woman named Paula and some recent experiences with climate change and pollution while living in Miami, Florida. We all love vacation, especially in tropical destinations by the ocean. But will these destinations always be as glamorous and beautiful with the way we run our businesses and economies? Try to sit back and relax, as these stories are meant to shed light on how we can be better to our planet. I always try to start my day off at the beach. Morning is the perfect time to go because the sun isn't crazy hot and there are much fewer crowds. I can freely do my photography without getting overheated. I would also rather have locals as a subject of my photos rather than the tourists dressed in neon snapbacks and tank tops. The morning is when the locals like to surf, swim, snorkel, and bike ride before the tourists take over the beach. On the morning of August 10th, 2020, however, the tourists were the least of my concerns. My everyday walk felt different that morning. A rotten smell lingered through the air, and the neighborhood around Biscayne Bay did not seem as joyful as it usually is. As I approached the water in the bay, one step at a time, I began to learn why. I used my hands to cover my nose and mouth. Even though my face mask was on, the smell was unbearable. As I approached the water, I could not believe what I saw. Never in my 25 years of living in Miami have I seen nor smelled anything like it. First tens, then hundreds, then thousands, and even tens of thousands of dead fish lying bellies up in the bay. As I looked around, there was not a tourist in sight. Just the concerned locals wondering what could have caused this genocide of sea life in Biscayne Bay. As someone who grew up in this bay, I have noticed the smaller signs of pollution consequences. These include algae blooms, seagrass die-offs, and a rising sea level that even reached my parking spot one day. But this? This was not a gaslight coming on to warn you that you have 30 miles until empty. This was a sign of the times. Waterkeeper is a non-for-profit environmental group that is made up of scientists, investigators, educators, and legal advocates. After the fish kill, the Miami Waterkeeper concluded a combination of reasons for why tens of thousands of fish washed ashore, bellies up that morning. It was a combination of low oxygen levels in the water and warmer ocean temperatures. The low oxygen levels caused the fish to suffocate, which is very much so a pandemic, similar to ours. Seagrass, which provides a good amount of oxygen to the waters, has decreased by nearly 90% in some areas of the bay in the past 10 to 20 years. The disappearance of seagrass is mainly due to leaks in septic and sewage, as well as fertilizer runoff. The problem with this is once seagrass is removed from its ecosystem, it is very hard to restore and recover. Water has always been important to me. 
It acts as a backdrop in most of my photos. I enjoy shooting photos of swimmers, surfers, sea life, and animals, or just capturing the vivid colors of the water. Water not only makes up my portfolio, but a big chunk of my life. When water is so important in your life, learning about life cycles and food chains within should also play a big part. I am definitely not a scientist, but I seek to learn more about what brings me the most happiness. of tiger sharks and they was ripping him to pieces they ain't big sharks tigers eight nine foot apiece i suppose but when there's 10 or 15 on them there ain't a lot you can do sharks are some of my favorite animals growing up surrounded by the ocean you learn to respect the sacredness of these predators one day, I was asked to shoot photos of sharks with a shark research team through the University of Miami. As I have always loved sharks, this opportunity was a dream for me. The work consisted of tagging sharks with a GPS system, much like our iPhone's location settings. The technology is proven safe for the sharks and allows the scientists to track their movements and supply data to policymakers in order to make conscious conservation decisions. While on board with the research team, I learned just how incredible and important these predators are. Sharks are one of the most important creatures in the marine ecosystems. They keep the ecosystems healthy by removing the sick and weak fish so that only the healthiest fish pass their genes on. They also limit fish populations so that the marine food web remains balanced. The marine food web would collapse without its most important predators. As you probably know, Climate change results in warming ocean temperatures. And the rate at which the oceans are warming is alarming. Sharks rely heavy, heavily on the temperature of their environment as they cannot generate their own heat. When the temperatures are too high, some of the sharks' basic bodily functions simply don't work. In the same way that humans can get overheated, sharks can too. Except we have sweat to cool us off. Sharks don't have this function. Once the temperature warms to a certain degree, they simply won't be able to survive. I've seen people and environmental organizations in Miami doing incredible things, and I've had the pleasure to work with many of them. I'm surrounded by people who care about nurturing our waters. Sometimes, when I'm in my social circle, it's hard to imagine that some companies are reversing the everyday work these people are doing. It's extremely disheartening, but it reminds me that progress is only achievable when working together. listening to Paula's story about her experiences with climate change and pollution while living in Miami. This episode was narrated and produced by myself, Milo Karanen, with the help of Paula for sharing her story with me.
If you'd like to receive updates about new episodes as well as climate change resources, please follow the podcast's Instagram at Mother Nature Warned Us. This podcast is meant to share personal accounts of climate change that real people have experienced within their lifetime. As humans, we rely on our communities and economies to survive. Once climate disasters tear these apart in all different areas, what will we have left? By having these conversations, we are able to recognize climate change as not a partisan issue nor a debate, but a human issue. The series will also include information on things we can do at a national, state, local, and individual level in order to slow down our warming of the planet. <laughs>